welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for joining us. It is probably the best, most well-known Bible verse in the entire world. It has probably been preached on more than well, any other single verse. Obviously, I'm referring to John 3.16. Now, maybe there's someone watching who doesn't know what it says. Well, here's what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I want you to pay particular attention to three key words in this verse. The first word, God. The second word, loved, and the third word, world. If you want to know what God's mission is, if you want to know what a church's mission should be, if you want to know what your mission in life should be, well, it's all summed up in these three words. If we love God, then we will love what God loves, and God loves the world. God loves everyone in this world, whether they love him back or not. If God loved this world enough to give his son, then we ought to love this world enough to give ourselves. You see, God wants you and I to have a mission in this world. In fact, the ultimate goal of a church is to make disciples. And the ultimate result of a disciple is to become a follower of Christ who agrees with the mission. Now, I know many of you are sitting there right now thinking exactly this. Me, a missionary? The reason why outreach and missions must be in our heart, it's because it was in the heart of Jesus. The last words that Jesus ever said before he ascended to heaven were these, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. You can find that in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. When Jesus Christ left this earth, he had missions on his mind. I mean, think about it this way. Jesus, in essence, came as a missionary from heaven so that he might make us missionaries for heaven. Now, don't get scared off by the word missionary. As you're going to see, being a missionary doesn't mean that you have to give up your job. It doesn't mean that you have to be seminary trained. It doesn't even mean that you have to have a mission experience. A question was recently asked in a survey of 1,000 church attendees. And really that survey, 
is the reason why we're doing this program today and we're talking about this. 1,000 church attendees were asked this question. Why does the church exist? 89%, 89% said the church's purpose is to take care of my family and my spiritual needs. Now, before I say anything else, let me hasten to say that it is important to look after the spiritual needs of the families and the members of our church. We want to meet the needs of individuals and families. But here's what will break your heart, or at least it broke mine. Only 11% of those respondents said that the purpose of the church was to win the world for Jesus Christ. Now, just think about that. I want to submit to you today that Jesus Christ did not come to this planet and die on a cross to pay for the sins of the world just so that you and I could form a spiritual social club where we could gather once a week in this holy huddle and, you know, tell each other how wonderful we are. I submit to you that Jesus Christ came to this earth and died for the sins of this world and left us as his followers on this earth so that we could share with those who do not know him how they can be forgiven. You see, people can only get to heaven through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, we read it earlier, that verse gives us all great encouragement on how we can become missionaries. Point number one, we can use God's power. I want to give you some great news. I want to take a tremendous amount of pressure off for you, a great, a great load off your shoulders. You do not have to be a perfect Christian. You do not have to be seminary trained. You do not have to be great at public speaking or even extremely knowledgeable of the Bible to fulfill your role as a missionary. I mean, quite frankly, if those were the requirements, then very few people could ever do any mission work. The first requirement to doing missions for God is the power to carry out missions. And that's where Jesus begins exactly with this tremendous promise. Let's go back here. Acts chapter 1 and verse, and verse 8. Look at what it says right off the bat. He says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, whether you believe this or not, whether you appropriate it on a daily basis or not, you and I, as children of God, have at our disposal the greatest power on planet Earth. We have the power of the Holy Spirit of God. God's Holy Spirit is His missionary power. You see, the problem with the average follower of Christ is not that they don't have this power. The problem is they don't use the power. So 
I want you to get this statement down in your heart. Missions takes a team effort. We have a teammate in this work called missions. And that teammate is the Holy Spirit of God. Go to Acts chapter 5, verse 32. Look at what it says. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Missions is so important to our Heavenly Father and is so much a part of his passion, the passion of his own heart, that he not only does not want us to try to do this alone, he won't let us do it alone. He, in the person of the Holy Spirit, will be there present with us and will give us his power through us so that we can carry out that mission work. God can use you in his way with your personality and your giftedness to carry out God's mission work and to move people to faith in Jesus Christ. The encouraging news is to do this. We can always use God's power for this mission. Point number two, we can fulfill God's purpose. With this power, and because of this power, Jesus says, you shall be my witnesses. Before you sit there once again and say, what, me, a missionary, remember who made this statement and who this statement was made to. Who was Jesus talking to? He was talking to tax collectors. He was talking to fishermen. He was talking to farmers. He was talking to shepherds. He was talking to homemakers. He was talking to businessmen. He was talking to men and women and, and young people. In other words, he was talking to people that are just like you and me. You know, I've said before, there is no plan B for God to reach this world and to show his love except for us. Either we will be his witnesses or God will have to find other witnesses. Think about this. Christ alone can save the world, but Christ cannot save the world alone. That is why he asks you and I to be his witnesses. You know, the word witness should be a word that encourages us rather than discourages us. Now, I don't know if you've ever been a witness in a courtroom or not. As a witness, you have to literally sit down, take an oath to swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. And the witness then is asked to tell the truth, to tell the courts what they saw, to tell the court what they heard, to tell what they knew, to tell what happened to them. You see, God hasn't called you and I to be his lawyers or his crown attorneys or his defense counsel or his judge. God has called us 
to be his witnesses. And a witness is simply a person with a testimony. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a testimony. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 10. Those who believe in the Son of God have the testimony of God in them. You see, everyone watching me right now who knows Jesus Christ and has come to a point where they have received him as their own Lord and Savior, everyone has a personal testimony. And all missions is, is getting those testimonies into the world. Let's go back to the courtroom for a while. When you're a witness, you are up on the stand. You don't argue the case. You don't try to prove the truth. You don't try to press for a verdict. All you do is you simply testify to what you know, to what you saw, to what you heard. Well, that's all that being a missionary is. Simply bearing witness in our own way, with our own personality, with our own giftedness to what Christ has done for us. Point number three. We can participate in God's plan. You see, Jesus not only tells us what we are to do and how we are to do it, he tells us where we're to do it. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it continues. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Let's just stop there. Now, where was Jesus standing when he spoke those words? You know, he was standing in Jerusalem. In other words, what he was saying was, the first place you need to begin to be a missionary is right there where you live, right there in your own neighborhood, right there in your own community. Now, that is not where we stop. That's where we start. The point is this. You don't have to go overseas to be a missionary. You don't have to leave your community to be involved in God's mission work. You know, with all the social media options available to us today, you don't even have to leave your home to be a missionary. Then Jesus said, we are to leave the community and go to our country. In other words, we are not only to experience missions locally, but we are also to experience missions nationally. That's what Jesus said. He said, here in verse 8, he says, after Jerusalem, go to where? Judea and Samaria. And then finally, he says, we are to leave the community and leave the country and go to the continents. Right? Jesus said we are to experience missions internationally because he says, he ends it by saying, we are to go to the ends of the earth. Now, 25 years ago, do you know what people did for missions? Well, they would pray and they would give money. Well, guess what? Today, there are so many doors out there for us. 
So we can not only pray, we can not only give, we can actually go. A number of years ago, myself and two other friends, Dr. Jim Martins and Alan Heacock, we founded a humanitarian organization called Mission Now Canada. Over the last seven years, we've been serving communities in the Philippines, in Nicaragua, and in the Chaco region of Paraguay, bringing free dental and medical care to the indigenous populations in around the city of Philadelphia in Paraguay, building sidewalks and, and playgrounds and music schools and cutting hair and teaching healthy living practices. And you can learn a lot more about what our organization does and where we're planning on going by visiting our website at missionnowcanada.com or writing to me directly at bill at l4ltv.com. Friends, there is a need in foreign countries for people to go and to teach and to heal. I mean, we need doctors and dentists who will provide free dental and medical care. We need teachers who will be willing to go and spend a week educating children and teaching teachers how to teach. In fact, I'll make this promise to you right now. You tell me what you think your area of expertise is, no matter what it may be. Maybe your gift is making money. Maybe your gift is building a business. Maybe your gift is pulling teeth. Maybe your gift is martial arts. Maybe your gift is recreation. You have a gift, you tell us what it is, and we will find a way for you to put it to use in Mission Now Canada. I just hope all of this sounds exciting and good to you. I hope it gets your heart pumping, your blood racing. But quite honestly, none of this will ever happen unless one other thing happens. Point number four, unless we can discover God's passion. Believe me when I tell you, this last point is by far the most important point. Because what determines your passion is your priorities. Priorities always determine passion. If a person's priority is making money, well, money will be their passion. If a person's priority is playing golf, well, golf will be the passion. When you make people who do not know Christ a priority, then people will become your passion. This is the kind of passion I want for my life. It's the kind of passion I pray you will get for your life. It's the passion that the Apostle Paul talked about in Acts chapter 20, in verse 24, when he said, but nothing... Not even my life is more important than my completing my mission. This is nothing other than the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus to testify about the good news of God's grace. What we so desperately need is not just a passion for people without Christ. We need the compassion of Jesus for people. I mean, look at this verse and tell me if you can't just see the compassion in it. Matthew chapter 9 and in verse 37. Look at what it says. 
When Jesus saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were hurting and helpless. He said, there are many people to harvest, but only a few workers to help harvest them. There are two words that perfectly describe the vast majority of this world. They purposely describe the vast majority of people who go to work, who you work with every single day. The vast majority of people that live in your neighborhood, the vast majority of people that go to your school, the words are hurting and helpless. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ is the one and only that can heal the hurt. And Jesus Christ is the one and only that can help the helpless. So can I close with this question? Are you willing to invest your life in the only thing that will last for all eternity? And that is the souls of people. I've said it before and I will continue to say it. The single most important achievement you will ever have in this life is allowing God to use you in his missionary enterprise to bring people to faith in Jesus Christ. You never know when and where God will use you as a missionary. That mission field that is out there, it, hasn't, it doesn't have thousands, not millions, but hundreds of millions of people who are all waiting, waiting for someone like you or me to simply say, here I am, Lord, send me. Let's pray. Gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everything you have done for us. And Father, I just pray that in gratitude for what you have given us, that we will share with others the grace, the generosity, the love, the compassion, the forgiveness with others as we have received it from you. Heavenly Father, bless each and every person that as a result of what you have done in their hearts right now is saying, here I am, send me. Anoint them and use them to your service. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to that time in our program where we have our special offer each week. We like to give you a resource that'll help you in this spiritual journey that all of us are on. And today I came across this little booklet. It is called Finding Calm in the Chaos of Life. We'd love to send this to you as a gift from Lessons for Living Television. 
There's no obligation whatsoever on your part. This will arrive in your home, postage paid. It's a gift from us. If you'd like to receive this little booklet, Finding Calm in the Chaos of Life, pay close attention to the information we're about to provide you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate all of our faithful viewers. And hey, let me ask you to let your friends and family know. We're always looking to increase our viewership. And so you can play an important role in that by letting them know about our program. If they happen to live outside of our catchment area, that's okay. They can always go to our website, l4ltv.com click on the previous programs tab and every program we've ever aired is accessible there and this way they can watch regularly like you do but on the website while on the website check out the archived sermons page interesting topics there that we discussed different presentations i've done around the country uh, there's also a handout that you can download and to further your studies we have a live appearances tab which will show you where I'm appearing live or if we happen to be streaming live from someplace, you can watch it from the live appearances tab on l4ltv.com. There's also a donate today tab. Well, that one is kind of self-explanatory. If you can help us with a donation, knowing that we are a charitable organization, every dollar you donate is eligible for tax deductible receipt and every penny goes directly back into paying for airtime, studio time, uh, the, the gifts we send out. Not a penny comes to myself or my family in, in the form of a bonus or salary or anything like that. And so I just wanted you to be made aware of that. Follow me on Instagram, Santos underscore Bill. Every morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern time, I put out a one-minute devotional video. If you'd like to get access to that, follow me on Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, like our Facebook page. All of our uh, messages are available for an audio download on SoundCloud. Check that out also. And one last thing before we go, missionnowcanada.com. I made reference to it a little bit earlier today. The website missionnowcanada.com, check that out. You know, think about joining us on an upcoming mission trip. 
All of the particulars are there. You can reach out to me through that website also if you'd like more information. Well, the folks here are telling me we are all out of time. Thank you so much for being with us. We hope to do this again next time. It won't be the same if you're not here. God bless you. We'll see you here then.